0: To communicate effectively is one of the most important life skills to learn, irrespective of the career stage, irrespective of the life stage where we are. Communication itself is defined as transferring information to produce greater understanding. And it can be done locally through verbal exchanges or through writing in the form of email or blogs or social media platforms. Or it can also be done visually using graphs, charts, maps, so on. And also non-verbally, which is more related to gestures, body language, pitch of voice, tone, etc. And all these means of communication skills are essential soft skills that are vital for a successful career. I would also call it as successful life as well. Communication plays a very, very vital role in our day-to-day life, both personally and professionally. And it is very important for us to acquire this core life skill in order to succeed in all means throughout our life and throughout our career. So, in today's episode, let us understand the nuances of psychology in communication. And we are going to interact with Dr. Sandeep Patil. He is a communications and confidence coach, public speaking coach, and emotional personality development trainer. And first of all, I would like to acknowledge Mr. Santosh for his effort in connecting me with Dr. Sandeep Patil. Thank you, Santosh. Really appreciate you taking time and connecting both of us and making this happen. This is the Guiding Voice podcast series, TGV, the Guiding Voice for a Better Future. Folks, I am your host, Naveen Samala, a fellow IT professional on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe. We help successful leaders share their knowledge and wisdom with the world so that our audience will acquire more knowledge per every minute than any other podcast in this space. Thank you so much for joining me today. And today we are going to... Dive deep into psychology and communication. We're extremely pleased to have Sandeep, part of the Guiding Voice journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Dr. Sandeep, hearty welcome to the Guiding Voice. And it is so nice to have you part of our journey.
1: Thank you, Navin. Thanks for calling me. It is an honor for me to be here. And uh, thanks a lot, everyone, for listening to us. And I'm sure that the next 30 minutes or 45 minutes, whatever it is, will be really an eye opener for you.
0: Absolutely. In fact, I was impressed by your videos, the kind of content it is so compelling. And all those are actionable insights. And that's why without second thought, I immediately called you. And I'm so happy that you are here talking to me and sharing your knowledge and wisdom with our audience. So Dr. Sandeep, let us start uh, with your career journey. Maybe you can talk very briefly about your career journey, how you landed up becoming a communications coach and a great trainer. And along with that, maybe you can share top three things that have helped you so far in your professional journey.
1: All right. Actually, you know, the, the reality is this. You'll be shocked. I'm from Marathi medium and my English was not good. And this actually, um, I, I wasn't able to communicate properly in English until I completed my engineering, actually. Uh, in 1998, I finished my engineering and I was pathetic in English communication. I was humiliated in many places, I was rejected in many interviews, and this continued up to 2002. Four years, it continued, and I wasn't able to communicate properly. Second thing, let me speak here openly here. Most of us have one more problem, is emotional weakness. I mean, we have lack of confidence, we have nervousness, fear, anxiety. Uh, we don't know what to do with our emotions. We don't know how to handle those emotions. We don't know what our emotions are in the first place. And I was a victim of this, actually. And I went through all, my, uh, all this turmoil. I was uh, good in academics poor in all this, this vital area. I suffered a lot. And then uh, I started working on myself first. I mean, I wanted to, because I live in a place where no trainers are there. I have come from a tier three, tier four city. It's a place where we, I mean, it's nearly 500 kilometers away from Mumbai, Sangli it is. So I didn't have anyone to guide me, but I started working on myself. I read around 600 books on communication and psychology, plus my own experience. And then I started realizing that, OK, communication, people think that communication and English communication is about grammar. Absolutely wrong. It is. It's not about grammar. Actually, it's the opposite way. It's not about grammar. It's not about perfection. All these things I realized. And then I realized that I was working as a lecturer at that same time. And I was teaching in Marathi, actually, to engineering students, because my English was horrible. As I said before, I wasn't able to go on the stage, never participated in group discussion in schools, colleges. No one asked me to go on the stage. In fact, I come from a very disturbed background, low self-esteem, low confidence. Maybe many of uh, you who are listening to me, maybe you can relate with me because most of the people I have seen, many people, In fact, 70 to 80% of people go through all these things. And it's not their fault, actually. The problem is they don't get proper guidance. And many people live their life as it is, thinking that they have a problem with their genes or they they never change, they can't. All these things can be changed. So I started working on myself. Then I started uh, giving these things to my engineering students. And first of all, I started getting better in my communication. And this journey continued up to 2005, 6, 7. And then I realized that I'm really getting better at the same time, I started my small institute called the DNA Confidence in 2002. But myself, I was not confident, but the name was the DNA Confidence. But then I started and I found out how it works. It's really a science. It's a psychology. And today, I'm glad that I'm helping hundreds and thousands of students from all over the globe to overcome their phobia, nervousness of speaking, apply psychology, and be better communicator and uh, be, uh, uh, you know, better express or they express themselves, better jobs, more opportunities. It's a fantastic journey till now. And all it started from my side. I mean, I was weak in communication. I'm from Marathi medium. I wasn't able to speak properly. I was emotionally not strong. So it's all started from there.
0: Excellent, journey, Quite inspiring. And thank you for so modest enough to admit that you have Marathi medium background and you yourself had undergone that particular journey of transformation, which now you are in a better shape, wherein you are guiding thousands of professionals as well as students across the globe. So one thing that fascinated me is uh, 600 books that you have gone through, right? It is not that easy. And um, maybe can you also share some tips around how how are you still keeping yourself up to date in terms of enhancing the communication skills and all? What are certain tips which you are still following? Uh,
1: and that's a good question. I actually see your communication skill. Uh, many people uh, feel like uh, communications... See, I'll tell you one interesting thing here. The biggest mistake we do in careers is we only focus on academics. And most of the parents, most of the teachers, students... In I'll tell you one very interesting thing I can, I can confess here that I made one career mistake. The career mistake was I was chasing students. I was telling them to join my institute and work on a communication, which out of 100, hardly two or three people, students recognize that and they joined. And... It was a mistake. I mean, my mistake, career mistake, I'll tell you, because I was targeting those who were not interested and who never needed that. Actually, the fact is different. Communication skill and all those things must be started from school days. And in our academic system, only academics is given most reference. We we, we go for classes and tuitions and math, physics, chemistry, biology and all. I did a mistake. I mean, I was chasing them. But slowly then I realized that my students are not from colleges and, and all, they are from corporates. Now why they are, i tell <laughs> because once they go in the corporate and once they complete three, four, five years, then they realize that communication is very vital. And now the problem starts, communication, let me tell you here, communication is not a course. Communication is a lifestyle and you, you can't improve your communication overnight. You can improve your coding, you can improve your technical skills in three, four, five, six months. Communication is not going to be like this. This is not a 21 day course. It's a hogwash. Communication is a lifetime process. So what I do now is, as I said, as you also said, communication is important. See, academics will give you bread, but good communication skill will give you better. And I say it's a mood, but important is communication skills, fluency, confidence, all these things. As far as communication is concerned, see, communication is like fitness. You can't just work out for three months and expect to be fit for entire life. It's not going to work in this way. You have to work on your fitness every single day. Only then you will stay fit. And the moment you stop working on your fitness, you go down. It is said that in life, either you're going up or going down every day. If you're not working on yourself, you're going down. You have to work on yourself. Therefore, I have to work on my communication every single day. I work on my communication. See, even today also where I live, I live in the same place. I do not have the surrounding around me. No one speaks in English with My students are poor in English. Then how can I improve my own English? I have a ritual for this. I have a ritual. I have certain habits which I follow. These habits I have stuck, and I never change those habits. So every day I have certain rituals. It can be reading. It can be a podcast. It can be audio books. It can be vocabulary improvement. It can be different facets of psychological improvements in our communication skills. I keep on improving. I keep on sharpening my pencil. If your pencil is not sharpened every day, it will be blunt and you won't be able to grow in life. So every day, around the two hours, I invest in my own self-improvement and communication skills. And oh, the mystic we do is we think communication is a course or it's a kind of a period which we have to do and forget. It's a lifestyle. It's a way of living. And every day I'm working on my, because it has become a part of my life. Every day morning, eight to nine o'clock, I work on my physical fitness. But after that, around two hours, I work on my communication skill and my emotional personality. It's very important.
0: Excellent. And can you share any audiobooks or podcasts that you follow?
1: Well, uh, I, fo- I follow my own podcast first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, why I say like this, I'll tell you. The podcast which I record, I use very simple, lucid language. And second thing is, the content of my podcast is about communication psychology and everyday psychology, because even I need my own podcast. Sometimes I get disturbed. So I listen to my own podcast because we need that. As far as other good podcasts are concerned, definitely you can go with Hidden Brain by Shankar Vedantu, a really, really great podcast about psychology. Second, I listen to Work Life by Adam Grant. It's again, a really nice podcast. These two podcasts are really awesome. And then I go with Psychology Today podcast. Where all the latest things about psychology are there. So these three podcasts I prefer a lot. They are really nice. And uh, they 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 tell you about what's happening in the uh, field of psychology and in the field of communication skills. See, I have said before that many people think that where is the communication podcast? See, understand one thing: communication is about psychology. Communication is understanding your emotions, understanding your feelings, understanding your mind. Words are just a media to express your feelings. And even many of us have a problem, like we feel like, okay, uh, English communication and perfection and all. This is a disease, actually. Perfection is a disease. Many people think that I should speak perfect English, everything must must be perfect. And then they start testing the grammar and all. So you have to give up all these things, the grammar stuff and the perfection and the accuracy and all. You have to start openly communicating. First, this is called as grammar phobia. Grammar phobia has to be eliminated. We can even call call it as um, anglophobia, fear of English. Unless and until this is not gone, you won't be able to express yourself. That perfectionist attitude we have to give up. Here is the role of psychology. Then you will be able to communicate properly and openly. The biggest problem we have is this. Many in Indians who, who communicate in English, even if they are fluent, they never consider them as fluent. They are always low in confidence. They can't communicate with native speakers. They always consider them, themselves as low. They feel like, okay, my accent is not American. I will not be able, to, be able to understand American accent. Then how can I say, excuse me, please repeat what they will think about me? This kind of stigma is there in them. And that is pulling them down. They think that I will collect a lot of hundreds and thousands of words and proper sentences and I will study slangs. They are wasting Hours and hours watching YouTube videos on communication improvement. They're going nowhere, they're on a treadmill, actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: You brought in an interesting point. Everybody is so grammar conscious, and many a times we often face this situation, okay. We're in talking to the stakeholders and all, we hesitate to ask them, can you repeat that? But they yeah. do not hesitate if you yeah. if you observe the communication and all. And one other one other thing is, uh, Indians speak faster than any other p- people from other countries. And also, that is also one other thing probably we may have to focus on. Yeah, thanks for uh, bringing that up. And now, uh, Dr. Sandeep, let's talk about the psychology, right? You mentioned a few aspects about grammar phobia, being perfectionist, and being focused. Look, okay, I want to speak with perfect accent and all. Likewise, are there any other aspects, okay, which add to the psychology part of the communication which somebody should focus on?
1: Absolutely. A very important question. There is something called social anxiety. I call it as, call it as English social anxiety. And in this, what happens is when we always believe that, well, in front of groups, I can't speak. In front of uh, uh, seniors, I can't speak. In front of fluent people, I can't speak. And many students come and join my institute and tell me the same thing that when I go in front of fluent people, I get stuck. I forget my words. I don't know what to say. and. I start making more mistakes. Now, why this happens? The reason is you become very conscious while speaking with fluent people. You think that fluent people are, oh my God, they're going to judge my English. Oh my God, they're going to see that uh, I have, I'm have. i nervous. In fact, this is called as metacognitions, means they, they get nervous about nervous and they feel like, oh, everyone will see that I'm nervous. And they get more nervous due to that. Many people, I mean, Mostly Indians, the, the problem is when they go in front of the group, they get stuck. And then they falsely believe that this is because my English is poor. No, that's not the reason. With whatever English you have, you can communicate effectively. You don't need esoteric and shashi kind of words. You're not required to do that. You need average words. Look at me, the way I'm communicating. I can connect with the audience, any audience. Even I have students from U.S. also. They said that your English is very nice and simple. We understand that. That is what is really needed. So the psychological aspect here is, first of all, you have to change your beliefs, beliefs of perfectionism. Second thing is, don't try to speak perfect English and use difficult words. If you try and do that, you will make mistakes. Language comes spontaneously and words will flow out of your mouth. As you follow the rituals, as you work, keep on working on your habits, words will follow you. But if you try and impress every anyone, what happens is while well, communicating, our focus is not delivering the message. Our focus is to impress that person using some difficult words or American slangs. So even I have seen some people try to emulate, copy the American accent. It looks very funny when they try to do that. Accent comes by birth Accent. Don't try to do that. They always they feel bad about their mother tongue influence. They keep on working on the new essence. And what happens? Pronunciation, each and every word must be perfect. As if you are doing a bypass surgery there. It's like you are performing a surgery. It's a language. Come on. You you try to analyze, and when you analyze, you're going to paralysis. Paralysis and analysis go together. So you have to give up that. And another, stop thinking that I have to speak something very interesting to impress people and use difficult words. Give up that. When you give up with that burden, the best out of you will start coming out. And another thing is the social anxiety part. I have said many people, social anxiety is of different. One, one is like... Uh, normal social anxiety where people don't like to talk to anyone. I'm talking about English social anxiety. These people will not go and speak to people in English. They will avoid the group. Suppose there is one group sitting over there, that group is speaking in English. Another group is speaking in a regional language. They will go and join the regional language group. They will avoid this group. No, this is called an escapism. You try to escape and avoid this group. And this backfires. In our brain, amygdala is there. It's called as an emotional part of the brain that amygdala registers that. And the amygdala thinks that that is a threat. Amygdala is designed to recognize threats actually. This part is developed millions of years ago in our brain, it's behind our ears. So next time when you find a group where English has been spoken, you avoid that. It becomes a phobia and you always keep on repeating. It becomes stronger and stronger. It is said that what if you avoid what you fear, it grows. But if you face what you fear, it will go, it goes. So the most important step here is if you keep on avoiding such groups and such people, the fear will be like a monkey on your shoulder and it will never go away. And you will always get more nervous when next time you're going to go in front of the class or stage or audience or meetings. So the most important thing is don't avoid it. Go and face it. And you're not going to die. Let me tell you one thing. You're not going to die. Amygdala was designed to find the threats. I mean, which threats? Life and death. The was designed millions of years ago when we were living in forests. Uh, our, our tribes were there. Now we don't have life-threatening situations. See, understand. In, the problem with communication and in English is this. In India, it's considered as something which is a status symbol, symbol. It's like a symbol of high intelligence. And making mistakes is considered as horrible and pathetic. I mean, I'm. if you make a mistake, people. I, I've seen people feel like they're as if they're terrorists. You know, that kind of feeling is there. the moment they make a mistake, they feel like they have done any crime or something, murder. And that feeling, we can say, from this first should go because see, I have many of my students not from US and other countries. They say that when we speak to an American native, and when we make a mistake, they don't pay any attention. They say, okay, excuse me, can you please repeat? But to find Indians living in US, when the Indian di- Indian diaspora speak in English with each other, they keep on finding each other's fault, and keep on correcting each other. Same Indians who live in US, okay. When they are communicating, so these people say, come and say that Sir, when we don't talk to Indians in US, actually, if you go and talk to them, I get nervous, I, I get jittery, actually, I'm always conscious. But when I talk to a Native American, I'm so comfortable and we enjoy the talk. So this is all the psychology and mindset about communication. And of course, there are other factors also habits and all those things. But first of all, see, understand one thing, psychology is 80% in communication. This is what I have learned from the 600 books, which I have finished. 80% is about using better words and better sentences. I'm not saying that you use wrong words and all. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you cannot use that perfection. Grammar is very important in school. It's very important in school. It's a subject, actually. But when you're communicating, language is important. And language is not about accuracy and perfection. Language is about expression. And as I as you said, you know, the way I'm communicating right now, it's not only about words. It's about my facial expressions. It's about my rhythm, my tone, intonations and all. Yes, Naveen?
0: Perfect. I, I loved every bit of it. Thank you so much for the amazing insights. Moving on. So Dr. Sandeep, you help individuals to build confidence and uh, help them become mentally and emotionally tough, right? Can you share a couple of tips?
1: Okay. Uh, see, emotionally tough. Uh, let's talk about this. Why this is needed? Because when you are when you want to be a good communicator, communication is a reflection of your emotions, a good communicator does not mean having only fluent English and better words. No, a good communicator means having a good personality. And when I see good personality, it does not mean that having buy ships and try ships and fitness and apps and all. That's fine. That is a physical personality. I'm talking about emotional personality. Emotional personality means what? Emotional personality means your ability to regulate your emotions, your ability to handle your emotions and when to handle them, when in crisis, when in failure, when in tough situations, when you handle those emotions, this is called as good emotional personality. And most of us don't know how it works actually. So what I do is I work on my students' emotional personality means exactly what I do is I, first of all, tell them to find out that there are certain things which we can call it as the distorted cognitions inside them distorted cognitions means you can also call it as the beliefs beliefs is a software beliefs is a set of rules beliefs is the set of assumptions which we have about ourselves we have about other people and about the life the main reason for disturbance the main reason many people think that sir i'm weak emotionally sir i uh, i lose my temper sir i get hurt very easily sir i am always worried most people have this problem i'm always worried sir i'm always anxious I'm always concerned about people. Sir, I always, if small thing happens, I make it a big one. And I'm always worried that people will leave me. I will lose my job. I will lose my money. In fact, people feel like I will die with heart attack. I will get uh, infected with corona. A lot of things are there. And this emotional weakness is not allowing them to leave. There are many people who die every day. Actually. And there are some people who die only once. <laughs> That's the thing here we have to understand. So due to this weak emotional personality, we, are the, we aren't able to live happily. What we need to do is, first of all, we have to understand how our mind works, how our thoughts work. What is the self-talk? We have to understand. Self-talk is that talk which is continuously happening with ourselves. See, I always said in all my seminars that, first of all, if you want to be a good communicator, be a good communicator with yourself. The quality of communication which you have with yourself will decide the quality of your life. Self-communication is more important. Self-communication means what? Self-communication means the self-talk. And self-talk means what? Self-talk means the way you interpret different events in your life. That is self-talk. I repeat again, event is not important. The way you look at the event is important. And for that, I can give you one example. Let us consider this. I, I tell all my students about failures. Three people have failed in exam. Three people have failed. Three different reactions are there. First reaction, maybe a person will commit suicide. Second reaction, maybe the person will leave the course and go for someone else. Third, maybe the person will fight back again and complete the course, that particular degree. Why these three, three different reactions are there? Event is same, reactions are different. Why? The problem is not in the event. The problem is the way you look at that event. That person looks at that event. The first person who committed suicide, his self-talk, his self-communication was, oh my God, I failed. Everything is finished. If I fail in academics, I will fail in everything. This, this is called as catastrophization. This is also called as permanence. Permanence means what these people feel like now I'm permanently failed. This, these people also think it's pervasiveness. Pervasiveness means what they feel like I'm failed in one area, I will fail in every area. Means if I'm not good in academics, I, I am not good in everything. So with this kind of thinking errors, they start thinking in this way. And they start believing in those thoughts. The problem is. Not negative thoughts. The problem is we believe in our negative thoughts. Because we think like whatever I'm thinking is right. But we don't understand that when we are emotionally disturbed, we are temporarily mad. Okay, I'll, I'll give you one metaphor. Suppose a person who is drunk under the influence of alcohol, he comes and gives you advice. We will will you take that advice? Absolutely not. Because you know he's drunk. Same thing with happens with us also. When we are emotionally disturbed, we are like drunk. At that instant, we should not listen to our own advice, to our own self-talk, to our own thoughts. Now, many of you will say that, but sir, at that instant, we go crazy and we don't understand what is right and what is wrong. For that, we need mindfulness meditation. That is a very powerful meditation technique which will help you to calm down the amygdala brain just now I told you. Amygdala gets hyper when all these things happen and you start believing in your own thoughts depressed people why they commit suicide because they start believing that i'm a failure i'm good for nothing and my life will never change but let me tell you one thing all these depressive thoughts are illusions they are they are not real these are the wrong or we can say distorted cognitions which you keep on believing which is a hogwash second person who has left the course what he will think well i think i'm not good for this course i will find out a better course maybe this is not my, my love, my niche. I will go and find out my love, what I really love. And he will join a business or sports or whatever it is. Third person who has failed and bounced back, he thinks like, maybe I have not studied. There is no problem in me, in my intelligence. I love this subject, but I have not studied. I will study again. He studies again. He fights back. Now, the same incident in a different way. Now, if you can change the person's belief, the person's behavior will change. This is called as See, emotional personality does not mean that you should not get stressed. You should be as cool as Cucumber or Gautam Buddha. Everyone gets stressed. I get stressed. I get disturbed. I panic. I also panic. But what happens is, that is a first first reaction. That is an instinctive reaction. But after that, what do you do? First reaction is okay. But after that, you can change that emotional reaction and you can control your emotions. See what happens. When the incident happens and you react, In between that, there is a small gap. And that small gap is called as the freedom of your choice. You can choose how to react. Okay, the the world is powerful. Incidents are very bad. Failure is there. I understand. I agree. But God has given us a gap. That gap is called as the freedom to choose. You can't choose the incidents, but you can choose how you're going to react to those incidents. And that how that choice depends upon your thoughts. And we can decide whether to believe in our negative thoughts or not. That is entirely your choice. I know it sounds very motivational and esoteric. I know it is not that easy because when difficulty strikes, when crisis strikes in your life, you just go berserk and all the motivational talk and all this uh, listening to a podcast will evaporate and you you don't know what to do. I understand And it is going to take time. But if you keep on working on yourself, see, as I said, like we work, everyone works on physics, chemistry, maths, biology, or coding and all you're from IT field. But no one works on mind. We don't understand how this emotional personality works. And most of your success and failure, in fact, all your success and failure depends upon your emotional personality. And that is where I work on. If your emotional personality is strong, you will be resilient. You will be tough. You will be consistent. You will be disciplined. Communication will follow you that's all man
0: excellent excellent insights i i think these are going to help our audience immensely and now uh, let's talk about some of the traits that best communicators create an impact with with their talks or speeches anybody who has influence
1: okay so uh, first of all if you want to be a good communicator the most important thing is you have to understand emotions If you don't understand emotions, you cannot be good communicator. When I say emotions, it means emotions of the person who is listening to you, as well as your emotions also. If you want, communication is about connection, it's not about impression. If you want to connect with someone, you have to, connection will only happen when you are emotionally connected with that person, with the audience. When you go on the stage, you should understand that people only connect with you first when you are connected with yourself. Because when you are speaking on any topic, And if the topic is not close to your heart, you will not be able to connect with your your own self. And when you connect with your own self, I have seen that when I go on the stage, and you can see just now me, I mean, the way I'm speaking right now, I'm connected with this topic emotionally. I mean, this communication skills, this uh, psychology, inner personality and all these things, public speaking, it's all connected with me emotionally because I told you in my childhood, I was very bad in that. I was humiliated. It was a scars, emotional scars in my mind. And this has created that emotional connection with this topic. So when you're going to speak on any topic, first of all, you should be passionate about that topic. You should really don't go there to sell a course or sell a product and you are not connected. You can't connect with the audience. Audience can figure out this guy is here to give a pitch and just sell the product. But when you, you are emotionally connected with your own topic, whatever topic right now, as I said, like I'm speaking on communication and psychology, I'm connected with that. Therefore, I'm sure that audience which is listening to me, even I can see your reaction, you you are also connected. Why? Because I'm connected with my topic, therefore I'm connected with you. And when you are passionate about your topic, audience will be connected with you. This is the first sign of a good communicator. Second sign is very important. When you communicate with someone, say, understand one thing. Uh, People love to talk. That you have to understand. So, when you're communicating with someone, first of all, listen what they're going through. What are they saying? I'm talking about one-to-one communication now. First, I just spoke about public talk. But when you're having a one-to-one communication, first of all, listen to that person, what he's saying. I remember, you know, we, we are not good listeners, actually. That's a problem. I remember one story which I always tell in my seminars about Dr. Viktor Frankl, who was one of the greatest psychiatrists. And one day he got a call from his uh, patient and that lady at 12 o'clock midnight and said that, sir, I want to commit suicide now. And he said, "Why?" She said, "I mean, there is nothing in my life. I mean, just it's over. And it's, I just called you to tell that I'm going to finish it." But Dr. Frankel spoke to her for nearly three hours, and then at the end, around uh, two, three o'clock, she said, "Okay, sir. Um, thank, thanks. No problem. I, I will not." And she came seconding, and uh, Dr. Frankel asked her, "Okay, so you you cancelled to commit suicide. I mean, you stopped. What was that?" in my talk, which really persuaded you to stop and not to commit suicide. She said, you know, sir, I was not listening to you, what you said. I canceled my suicide. The reason is I felt like there is someone in the world who is ready to listen to me at 12 o'clock at midnight for two to three hours. I felt like I belong to, I felt like I'm worth, I felt like I'm wanted in this world. So people here who, if you want to get connected, people are there to tell their stories. They have their own problems and issues. But everyone is busy in social media and listening music and everyone is busy chasing their goals. But we don't have two or five minutes to listen to the person. He is high, trying to tell you something. And we are just listening, pseudo-listening is going, we say, ha, 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 ha. you're checking our uh, WhatsApp and mobile and that person is not connected with you. Listen to that person with empathy and compassion and ask the mo- ask more questions. Today, I'll tell you one interesting thing. The, the biggest problem we have, have is in, if you see divorces, mostly if you see uh, fights and froids, if you see fights between employees. The reason is miscommunication. We don't listen. And everyone is hanging a board around his neck. The board writes that, listen to me. I have a story to tell you. No one is listening to me. In home, my kids don't listen. My husband, wife doesn't listen. In office, no one listens. Everyone is busy in their own world. So the second factor of a good communication is be a good listener. Listen to people and then see what happens. And you know, that person will come and say that you are a really nice person. Why? Because you are listening. And what we do is we try to impress people thinking that if I speak more about myself and try to impress that person, he he will not impress. He'll get irritated. If you want to really impress someone, listen to the person and listen really seriously. Don't just try to fake it. This is the second factor of good communicators. They listen. They are very good listeners. So these are the two important factors, I believe, which will make you... Many are there, but we have less time. These are the two important factors which makes a good communicator. Navin.
0: Mind-blowing, simply mind-blowing. And those are really essential. In fact, when it comes to this uh, listening skills, people say, right, that's why we are blessed with uh, one mouth and two ears. But unfortunately, we use it the other way around. People tend to speak more about themselves and all. That is uh, the problem which needs to be addressed. Definitely. All right. Now, uh, can you share with our audience on do's and don'ts during public speaking? Right. Uh, many initially it starts with this glossophobia <laughs> wherein they have the fear of public speaking and all because I've been an ardent um, follower of this Toastmasters and I've um, enjoyed my uh, Toastmasters journey. Even in my current uh, organization, I'm about to set up one and I'm really interested about this topic and uh, that that's why uh, i'm curious to hear from you in terms of what are some do's and
1: don'ts uh i see my nature is like i never do any mumbo jumbo or sugar coated statements i don't like that so let me tell you bluntly certain things about public speaking first thing is everyone can be a public speaker if if i can be because as i said my background i remember My final year engineering presentation, I will tell you this story so that all can relate. It was a final year engineering presentation. I was very nervous. I was having one partner. His name was well, Morgan. He was from Tamil Nadu. And I said, Morgan, you give the presentation. He said, okay. But the teacher said, no, you both have to give because you both have done the project. I said, okay. So I said, like, teacher said, no, first you give. I did the theoretical analysis. He did the practical work. I went on the stage. I remember during those days, uh, PowerPoints were not there. We had the transparencies. I'm talking about 1997. I remember I went on the stage. And after that, I don't remember anything what happened. It was all black and blank. And I came and I sat. And then my partner was staring at me. And I said, what? He said, nothing. And then it got old. But after when we went to a hostel room, he said, that something. what happened? I said, what? You came down in 20 seconds. What? 20 seconds? Yeah. And then I realized that it was like when I went on the stage, I couldn't understand what was going on. It is called as amygdala hijack, actually, technically. So if then today I was I'm a TEDx speaker, I was on Josh talks, and I'm a public speaking trainer. See, I understand one thing. That first thing, let me tell you one thing. There are only two type of speakers, as Mark Twain says, nervous speakers and liars. If you say that no, I don't get nervous while speak public speaking, you are lying. Everyone gets nervous. Even the world's best communicators and speakers get nervous before they go on the stage. So this is the first thing, and let us accept this. Everyone is going to get nervous. Second factor is people believe that to go on the stage, you need nerves of steel, and you should not get nervous. Absolutely wrong. You, you, everyone is weak, and everyone uh, forgets when they go on the stage. When you go on the stage, first and most important thing is the first five minutes. They're very crucial. And before the first five minutes, one more phase is there. If someone invites you on on invites you to the stage and wants to deliver a talk, most of the people deny it or they postpone it or they give excuses. I'm not feeling well. And this is the mistake they are doing. As I said before, also they want to avoid it, escape it. Why? Because the feeling is there. You no, know, the 10 days. Suppose there are 10 days before you give a talk. Those 10 days are horrible. You're constantly worried about how my talk will go. You're constantly thinking about failures. It will fail in this way. I will bomb in this way and this. So first of all, as I said before, that this kind of thinking will be there. You should not pay attention towards this thinking. And first thing is register to such talks. Go and register. Second thing, when you go on the stage, the first moments are very crucial. You will be hyper nervous. For that different techniques are there, meditation techniques are there. But first of all, go on the stage and then you do not talk much. What you do is you make the audience speak by asking them a question that, well, what do you think about this, 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 Then what will happen? You will get three to four minutes. Till then the audience will speak and they will raise hand and all. You get that five minutes to calm down that hyper amygdala, which has get activated and triggered, it will settle down. And then slowly you can get into the groove and start and communicating. Very important thing in communication, in, in public speaking is this. You should not use any rocket science language. You should not use any technical language there. The language of communication and the topic, we can call this as intelligence empathy. Means what? You have to understand what is the intellectual level of that audience. And similarly, you have to talk at that level. If the audience is not that intellectually matured, for example, you are giving a talk in school, you can't crack too many jokes there. They will keep on laughing then. Because kids only know how to laugh. I mean, they love it. So, you can't go and keep on cracking jokes. But you can crack some jokes when you're giving a formal talk. There the audience is matured, they will stop. So this is the level we have to understand at which level we are communicating with the audience. Next is world's greatest communicators. If you see they who are on TED, they tell a lot of stories. They don't bore. Most, if you see most of the public speakers, those who come uh, in our, you know, that Independence Day, they come, and they keep on telling the same thing, which we already knew, that history and all, how India got independence. It is so boring and dull. And it, it's, it's all like a pill for insomnia. If you don't get sleep, then listen to those boring lectures. You have to tell interesting stories when you are in front of the audience, which will captivate the audience. Stories which are connected with you, connected with the audience, connected, connected with someone else. But stories is a powerful tool to express your feelings on the stage and last important point i'll tell you when you are giving a presentation or a public talk there will be some people who will not like your talk they will not agree with you and you can see them in the audience like out of 100 for example 80 people will clap 20 will never clap they will say i this i have heard before what he is talking about i'm better than him or i know this i have heard this so from the facial expressions you can figure out that these people are not interested and let them go you can't connect with everyone. Everyone will not like your talk. And after the lecture seminar is over, they will come and say that, uh, you know, you need to work on this. Uh, this was not good. That was not good. If the criticism is correct, I mean, it's right, then it definitely we should go and take it and work on that. But there will be some people who will never connect with you and they will never like your talk. So don't try to chase them. Focus on those 80% people who love you, who love your talk. And last thing is, there are these some people who are like, I will say hooligans or they are troublemakers. They will keep on asking some stupid questions and irritate you, or they will debate with you, or they will mock you, they will jeer at you. Never ever argue with anyone on the stage. If you start arguing with them, then you have lowered your own level and you come to their level and you start debating with them. I good thought I remember never ever wrestle with the pig. You will get dirty and the pig loves it. Okay, so when you are on the stage, the best way is to agree with that person. He says that uh, your point is wrong. Can say definitely, I agree with you. What we will do is we'll discuss this after the lecture is over, seminar is over, public talk is over. And one, most last thing I'll tell you: see, understand, it's all about experience. The more you go on the stage, more mature you become. Experiences are the different kind of audience, different religion, different uh, areas are different. Uh, education level is there. Every time you get an experience, you become more experienced speaker. And I believe that good communication and public speaking is the single most important quality which will connect you with people. Remember, I have always said that only people can make you successful. Laptops can't make you successful. Internet will not make you successful. People make you successful. And if you want to be successful, you have to connect with people. And to connect with people, communication, emotional connection, influence is the only way. There is no other way. And we have neglected this. We are working only on coding and only on technical stuff and only on uh, data. But the human connection is more important. When people like you, they will love to do business with you. I repeat again, when people like you, they will love to do business with you. And if you want people to like you, good communication, proper emotional care of yourself and understanding emotions of others is really important. Amazing,
0: amazing insights. And uh, I would like to ask my next question. What are some tips to improve vocabulary? Because you have been working on this, improving your vocabulary ever since you started your professional speaking journey and all. And you were a a learner for life, right? So what is that certain things that you'd like to share with our audience?
1: See, actually, uh, first thing is this. uh, I mean, it's very ironic. What I'm saying is, first of all, you don't need some high sounding words if you want to communicate orally, mouth to mouth, oral communication. You should not use difficult words and jargons. In India, this is a very kind of uh, given more importance. You should have difficult words and you should use difficult words. No, you should use easy words because most of the people are not in India, not well read. They don't read much and your vocabulary will only improve if you read. So if you want to connect with the audience, you should have the most necessary and essential words. They, we need them, which are used in everyday conversation. But these words... If you feel like I will use an app or I will use any ready-made dictionary, it's not going to help you. To work on that vocabulary, the first, I mean, essential vocabulary I'm talking about, the first and most important thing is, it's obvious, everyone knows that, is reading. But what to read is very important. You have to read that stuff where everyday words are used. And that that can be a storybook, that can be a a comics, that can be a, a blog. These And vocabulary is scattered everywhere. So these are the words which you these are that material which you have to read regularly. There is no other alternative and jot it down properly in a vocabulary notebook. But another problem is there. You are going to forget all these things, whatever you've written down. And people feel like, okay, I know 10 words, so I should use all the 10 words. It's not going to work in this way. When you know 10 words, you know them, but you can you will not be able to use them because while using that, the time gap which you need to recall that word is very small. While writing, you can use all the 10 words because you have the time. You can think and then jot down the the word. When speaking, it is so spontaneous that you don't have that much much time. So what to do is, first of all, don't pressurize yourself and tell yourself that I have to use all the words. Words will come out of your mouth spontaneously and naturally. So you understand, don't memorize the words, familiarize the words. Familiarize means what? If you change your reading habits, if you change your listening habits, if you're a regular listener of a podcast, and most important thing is if you speak regularly, those words will start flowing out of your mouth. So first of all, focus on those words which are really necessary in communication, which are very important, essential words. And then you can go with those words which are required to understand other speakers or understand a book. That that vocabulary list is never ending. It will keep on going and growing. But there is no other alternative than writing the words with your hand and with your pen. You can't just nowadays what notebook and pens are disappeared now. We don't have pens and notebooks. We have all the mobiles and gadgets and all, and we all have tablets and we tap on. No, we need handwritten that gives that feeling, the personal touch is there. So this is one thing. And of course, it's a never-ending process. Vocabulary improvement is never-ending process. It's a lifetime process. At the beginning, I said communication skill is not a course. It's a lifestyle. If you want to use these words regularly, you have to change your lifestyle regularly your english must be your friend english must be in your life every day english must be in your reading in your listening in your speaking every day you have to spend more time with english see it's there is one saying that uh, energy goes where focus goes where your focus goes energy will go so your focus must be on changing your habits and make english as your everyday life partner and they will come out of, of your mouth yes nabin
0: fabulous Thank you. Thank you again uh, for all the wonderful tips and all. So this has been a great conversation so far, Dr. Sandeep. Let us lighten up the mood of our audience so that they get to know other side of you. I'm going to fire up a quick rapid fire questions if you are ready.
1: Sure. Yeah, go ahead.
0: (laughs) All right. So who is your role model in general? Uh,
1: My role model is uh, one psychologist called Dr. Albert Ellis, who has a similar personality like me.
0: Ah. (laughs) So my role model? Yeah, good to know that. Moving on, what is the best piece of advice that you have received so far? Uh,
1: My PhD guide gave me this advice. He said that if you give me excuses, I will give you sympathy. But if you give me results, I will give you PhD.
0: Wow, simply (laughs) mind-blowing.
1: I have never forgotten that.
0: Yeah, indeed, indeed. (laughs) Moving on, what, what item is worth spending more money on? Books. Awesome. Spot on. <laughs> one subject that you'd like to learn more about?
1: Human mind. How it works. <laughs> even today also, it's so deep that I haven't even uh, scratched the surface, I feel. Yeah.
0: I I, I get even, it. even my
1: own mind also.
0: Yeah. yeah. Last one for the rapid fire. What is one electronic gadget that you like to see or invent yourself?
1: A mind-reading device. You <laughs> can read the mind and we can figure out what's happening. I know the world will not be a good place then.
0: Yeah, a lot lot of enemies
1: will be there. <laughs> a
0: lot of enemies and people will not. Will not everything will be artificial then, because yeah, there will yeah, be preconceived will be. notions, and yes. you will be. No, so, there is super a fun prepared.
1: actually. We don't know what's happening in other person's mind.
0: Yeah, fantastic. That that was a great rapid fire round. And before I let you go, one final question for today's conversation, Doctor Sandeep. What will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make begin their careers?
1: Okay. First thing is, it's very important. I always say that forget the results, forget success, forget money, forget car, forget big uh, dreams and focus on the process. I will. I, I have never chased uh, anything in my life now. I, For example, my YouTube subscribers, I don't chase my subscribers, I chase the videos. I enjoy the process of making the videos. I mean, the process in itself is fun. Success and failure doesn't matter much. It is a bonus for you the process is more important than the result it is like you, the journey is more important than the result because at the end of the day remember one thing you are going to achieve many goals but again you want a better goal a bigger package more money more better job and at this in the in this process you will be 70 and 80 years old and the life is gone but the the living the way you live the life the way you the way you live your day and the way you enjoy your work that's more important, the process. The results may not come. They may come. But if you are only dependent on the success and failure, you, all will, you will be mentally disturbed every day. But when you enjoy the process, and suppose someone says that it's a good job, you say, okay, no problem. But I enjoyed the process of making that video, making that podcast. That process was important for me. People liked it as a bonus for me. That's all.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, Dr. Sandeep. I love every bit of this conversation and truly insightful. It is going to help our audience immensely. And uh, thank you, Santosh from Bangalore, again, for connecting with such an eminent personality, Dr. Sandeep.
1: It was an honor for me, Naveen. You called me and uh, I'm I'm, I'm happy that at the end of the day, see, uh, most important thing I believe is success by helping the society and not by using the society. I, I will earn money. I want to earn money. But at the end of the day, what I'm giving back to the society, am I making positive impact? I'm making videos. There are many videos which I have seen on YouTube. They will spoil people. They will get money. The YouTuber will get the money. But at the end, what you are adding to the society, when you're taking money from YouTube channel or anything, you have to add positive things in people so that people should grow when you grow. So I'm happy that through you, my uh, listeners, those who have listened to me, they're 30 minutes, 40 minutes. I don't know how, since how long we are speaking. But that time must be like, wow, I listened to this guy and it has added value in me. My time is not worth. That is my purpose of my life. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for calling. That That's so nice. That's so nice. All right. It was a pleasure hosting you, Dr. Sandeep Ji. All right. So, folks, before we move into the previous section, here is a small request to you. Please subscribe to us in case if you haven't done already. Also, if you have loved this episode and found it useful, please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from The Guiding Voice so that your friends also will learn new stuff like you and we will gain a set of new subscribers. Thank you so much in advance. Now, let's hop into the previous segment of today's episode. Today's trivia is again about communication. We have learned a lot of tips from Dr. Sandeep Patil. And now, let's talk about uh, a trivia which talks which is more related to uh, uh, an assumption that women speak more than men but is it really true let us see though it is a common belief that uh, women talk more than men uh, the evidence is inconclusive like they couldn't confirm okay whether women really speak more than men and one recent fo- uh, study found that women say about 13,000 more words per day than men while another found no substantial difference which means uh, these two studies have given different results and all right likewise there is no conclusion as such but again it all depends on the individuals and we also come across people who are so talkative and we come across people who are talkative only when other person initiatives and all likewise we come across different uh, personalities and different styles of communication so on and so forth but um, one thing i would like to re-emphasize as dr santosh mentioned it, uh, doctor as dr sandeepji mentioned it is more about improving your communication on day-to-day basis it is not a short-term activity you are not going to get results just in three weeks or four weeks it's a life skill and we have to embrace communication almost every day in order to stand out from the crowd all right so with that I would like to thank Mr. Santosh from Bangalore again for connecting us with Dr. Sandeep Patel likewise if you have any references please share them through social media or email us at theguidingvoiceforyou at gmail.com that's all for today thank you so much for joining me Folks, I'm your host, Navin Samala, a fellow IT professional and a passionate learner on a mission to make a difference in the lives and careers of millions across the globe. Until next time.